Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 237 of Final Fantasy Union. I'm your host, Daryl, and I'm here with Lauren. Hi, guys. How are we, Lauren? I think we're okay. We're much better than we were two weeks ago. We survived. Yeah, I know. Like, that was horrible. That was like having a newborn again and being dead tired all the time. You did the episode alone, which was really sad because it was about music, which we both love. But it's okay. I'm here now. We're here now. And we're we're kicking. Yes. And for anyone who's interested, Ali has made a full recovery from the surgery and she's back to her sprightly self, running around like crazy. And um, yeah. <laughs> back to normal. Back to normal. Um, so for today, we thought that since it's our last episode of the year, <laughs> sad, um, we're going to do a year in review. <laughs> to talk about everything that's happened this year and just recap on everything because it has been a crazy year for the Final Fantasy franchise with new game releases, announcements coming out of everywhere. And we just wanted to just reminisce, I guess, throughout the year, talk about some of the stuff that's happened and kind of what we're looking forward to next year. Yeah. Before we do that, though, it's time to do our shout outs for our executive producers on Patreon. And we're going to start off with Lewis James. Zach Duranto. Rachel Casterton at Urban Ray. Barry Norton at Nortron Zero. Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels. Joseph Robertson at Pokemon Trainer J. Alex and Rachel Troutman at Akira Namejin. Miles Ribbons. Billy Jackson at underscore Billy Jackson. Thurin Bullen at Massacre 23. Tom Hughes at Tom underscore Hughes 22. Yam Potato. Noah Luttrell. Ryzen. Sam Ennis. Chris Willis. Fayaz Bilal. Joshua Johnson at The Cancer Bus. Freya Stella. Lauren Luscombe. Tim Michael Verne at Phoenix02SA. Marco Lillo. And Timmy Turner's Babysitter. Yay! Thank you guys. Thank you guys so much. And before we actually begin, we all just want to say a big thank you to everyone who listens to the show, no matter when you started listening to it, whether you've been with us for the 12 plus years at this episode, well, this episode, this podcast thing, whatever it is that we do, (laughs) whether it's been 12 years that you've been listening to us or you've just followed us this year. It's amazing that we are still able to continue doing this. Mm. And not just that, that the podcast is continuing to grow. We had about 20% more listens this year than we had last year, which is so fantastic. And it's so great that it's still resonating with so many people. Mm. And with the Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two on the horizon, as well as Final Fantasy sixteen, I'm sure it's going to continue. And we're just going to try and keep modifying and adapting and entertaining you as best as we can in hopefully the years to come. Yeah, I just, it's honestly, it baffles me how how long we've been doing this for. And it's just been, yeah, it's been amazing. And you guys are amazing who listen. And um, yeah, yeah, that I, I just can't, I can't express enough how thankful I am and grateful I am to be able to do this and that you guys enjoy it. It is very, it is very humbling. In a way, uh, just the fact you like that, yeah. my soapboxes. Yeah. You really like my soapboxes. I maybe I need to get on some more on a more, more regular basis. No, because then they'll hate both of us. <laughs> I'm the balance. You're the balance of the force. I'm the dark side. Do not come to me. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, so yeah, thank you everyone for listening to us, and and hopefully you'll continue to to listen to us in the future. 
For now, though, we're going to go on to our year in review, which starts off with the Seven Remake. So we're actually going to talk about this in three sections, really. Seven Remake, followed by Crystal Chronicles, followed by Final Fantasy XVI. They were like the three big tentpole moments of the year that we just kind of thought off at the top of our head. There probably were more. And we would love to talk in more detail about everything that happened on a weekly basis. But we've already done that. Mm. So we're going we're gonna to hopefully just condense everything into this next hour-ish. Probably less than an hour, actually. You know what I'm mm. saying? Um, but yeah, obviously the 7 remake this year, we were all getting really geared up for it coming out in March. It then got delayed uh, until the 10th of April, I think it was. Mm. And and for us, obviously, we, we didn't know what was going to happen around the, the launch of the game. Um, we had just gone into our first kind of national lockdown. So... At that point, you know, both of our kids were at home, not allowed to go anywhere. And then we received an early copy of the 7 Remake. And somehow I had to try and figure out how I was going to play the game while helping Lauren look after the children while also working full time and then write the review and Lauren then edit the review in time for the embargo. And let me tell you, that was hard. <laughs> it was really hard. I mean, there are so many times where Ali and Lizzie would be like, "What's Daddy doing? He's on the uh, he's on the games console again." At Li- Ali knows all of their names, so she knows Cloud and Tifa and everybody. Like, I point them out, and she knows who they are. Um, but yeah, it was just it was so difficult to like get through that. But I'm so happy that we did it. But it also just meant that i couldn't play it at the same time which kind of stunk yeah daryl had to experience the whole thing by himself and i was just kind of like i want to play but i can't it's it was it was really hard because yeah i was having to wake up at sort of four or five o'clock in the morning i was going to bed about sort of 11 12 uh, o'clock at night sometimes i think on the last day that last I finished, night yeah, just, I, I think i stayed up going. till sort of like two three in the morning and then i was back up again at like five I mean, six o'clock at the latest because that's when the girls were waking up. Yeah. And then, yeah, like on with with like three or four days of sleep deprivation, I then had to try and write the review and it was... make it coherent. And then we also decided that we were going to try and do a, a more kind of stylized review than we did for um, Final Fantasy 15 and Dissidia. No, we didn't even do a review for Dissidia, um, I don't think. I don't know. Um, but yeah, like Final Fantasy 15 was our last big review. And that was like four years prior. Mm. And so we, our style has changed a lot since then. So we spent a lot of time also coming up with this really cool um, uh, way of doing the review and, and including loads of cool footage and, and talking about things. And we thought that we were being spoiler free. I didn't talk about any story touch points at all. Um, but, you know, we still got read to filth for oh my containing yeah. scenes that had already been shown in multiple trailers. I mean, I was and so like, proud of that. I was so proud of the opening that we came up with because I just that's like my forte. Like, I love editing the videos, but like doing sort of stylized, um, stylized video editing is the thing that really gets me happy gets me going um, gets me going and like i had this whole intro i was so proud of it and then everybody was just like these are spoilers you we haven't played the game yet blah 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 and then like we we kept like trying to say to people calm your butt down because these things that i'm showing happen in like the first five minutes and like, they've all been the shown game. in trailers as well like, like i was just like could you just not could you just I mean, granted, you know, 
we you try to played, follow if you haven't played the game you don't know when yeah. they're coming out but the other thing was that if you didn't play the original you wouldn't have known it was a spoiler mm. so therefore yeah it, it's it not like, really a spoiler yeah it was a really but, weird like, situation it was just so hard because like we we really wanted to stick to our guns and say like okay we're just gonna keep it up we're gonna keep it going but the negativity was just growing so immensely that like YouTube basically just didn't even show our video anymore. So it was just like, okay, well, it's come to the point where our video is just not even being seen anymore because people hate it so much. Yeah, it so got shadow banned essentially. It was, let's it was just like... get rid of the intro and redo it. And that's what we did. And it, it devastated me. We were so upset. Like Daryl was in a stress panic like pretty much every day after we put it up. And um, so, yeah, but then after that, it was fine. But yeah, just, yeah, it, means it was it, so it, unnecessary. It was, it was frustrating on multiple counts because like the video, when we uploaded the review, like so many people were really excited to hear what we thought about the game. And obviously we were able to get our opinions out really quickly. And the review was, I don't know, it was sitting on like 20,000 views in like, like 12, 13 hours. Mm. And then it just stopped immediately, like stopped dead yeah. when, when YouTube essentially shadow banned it. And then we decided to re-upload the video, but then that was never going to perform as well because those those all the people that had watched it in the first place weren't going to watch it again. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of people thinking like, "Why have you re-uploaded the video? Is there anything new with this?" And so, therefore, the average like watch time was massively down compared to the original version of the the video as well. And like, I think the the kind of revised one has still got maybe like seventy, eighty thousand views, but you know, the original version would have had probably double that i would have thought mm. so it was a real shame for us because yeah we put a lot of time and effort into that in terms of the view the review itself obviously like the effort of playing the game and everything and yeah like it just turned out to be this massive drama when we when we actually published it just on multiple fronts that we not even remotely anticipated i didn't expect like the vitriol about there were basically no spoilers in the video we we included some cutscenes that had no story relation to them and people were upset because they'd never seen them before um we included some enemies that had not been revealed yet and again people were upset because they hadn't seen them before and it was just like is this is this really happening yeah like why would you be watching a review to not like expecting like zero information on the thing like that's why you read reviews like if you want really don't want to be spoiled by anything visual you have to go on like ign like vg247 read those reviews because those are not gonna spoil you visually in the way that videos do but like you know at the end of the day what was our choice it was do i just use the trailer every five seconds that would be boring like that would just really be visually unappealing so it's like you know if if you really get that upset about spoilers which i think is a bit ott read a review instead because or the other thing is that you know we probably should have put in the video that just listen to the view the review just don't, yeah, don't yeah. watch it just, yeah just don't watch it. it just listen to it because it, 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 it was a learning lesson i think for yeah. us and you know it's made us consider whether or not we would like to do reviews for games like that in the future yeah just because of all the stresses around it like when we did final fantasy 15 all those years ago we weren't able to do, to do the review on launch because we weren't even in the country yeah so you know we put the review up sort of three four weeks after release 
and the review still did well because again people just really wanted to know what we thought about the game mm-hmm. and but we didn't kind of have the backlash that we had for this one because we got i mean there were even a lot of people just like really um paranoid about how we were able to get the copy of the game thinking that we hadn't actually played it that we'd somehow like scammed something i don't know it was there people were lots are of really, really using weird... the scam button like a bit too it's, much it was nowadays. a very it was a very interesting time put it that way like i just i just i marvel at how many people think that they've like figured it out in terms of like investigation oh it must be a scam cool it like just cool it guys i know that obviously you guys who are the listeners i i pray to god that most of you are are not in this camp and so i'm not speaking to you i'm just blowing off hot air because obviously i'm still upset it's like where there's things where they say like you know give it 30 days and see if you're still upset i'm still upset a year almost on so yeah and yeah, yeah so it was it was it's going to be a learning lesson from us and I, I i was my whole thing was i was really worried that everything that happens around that time was going to uh give me like a really negative outlook about the game because yeah. often like how you feel when you're playing games really has an impact on how you feel about them afterwards mm-hmm and so my, my, I must have said to Lauren, like, especially in the days surrounding that, that, that this is just going to leave a really bad taste in my mouth. And yeah. I'm going to associate that with this game. Yeah. But I, thankfully, I was able to play it again and it, it, it made me appreciate it again. Yeah. All good. All good. <laughs> and then obviously you were able to play it afterwards as well on the stream. Yes. And that was an experience. Um, I think it was really good. Like I really loved doing it with the community because it's just amazing to be able to play it with people alongside you who are also really big fans. Um, but it was really stressful because I uh, we talked about it a lot in the lead up and I was just kind of not confident in myself as far as like playing the game because, you know, I'm I'm decent at games like I'm OK but it's like I don't want to embarrass myself on a stream. And um, especially as this is a new system that I'm, I wasn't necessarily used to outside of just playing it in the demo. There were nerves. There were a lot of nerves going on. Um, but overall, it was really fun. And um, I didn't I didn't do anything embarrassing aside from the end boss, which was the uh, the, the gunner guy on the um, highway. That that was hard. But there again, in my defense, it was very late at night and I it was just at the end of the stream. And so I just was my brain was was shutting down for the night. I think it was it was an interesting one to start off with as well, because we were still really new to the live streaming um, process at that point. I think now if we were streaming it, I probably wouldn't care that much about about like not doing that well or failing or something like that. But I think. Because we we obviously pride ourselves quite quite a lot. Um, you don't want to be a failure. Like yeah. it's, you don't want you don't especially see your... when you like do so many videos on like factual stuff with Final Fantasy. Yeah. It's like what the hell? These guys don't even know how to play the game. But I do, I do. But yeah. So like I I think yeah these days with our stri- we obviously stream quite a lot of games now, mm. especially Final Fantasy games, and there have been some failures in them. <laughs> yeah. And especially me in three, I died in like the oh, first five three minutes. Three is horrible though. Um, but like but yeah. yeah it's 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 fine it's really it was really fun though like i i have such a good a good memory of playing through the final fantasy 7 remake like i know a lot of people get really upset about the textures i don't really care about that like that's not that's not something that's gonna like completely terrorize a game for me except for maybe like what's going on with cyberpunk 
Um, but like Final Fantasy VII was a really fun experience. I think like it was so such an improvement on all angles that I never even thought could be improved. Like um, the writing was great. Um, the combat was fun. Um, and overall, I just, I just really enjoyed myself. Um, I just wonder like what on earth we have in store for this year, if they're going to announce anything, show anything. I mean, obviously, well, Kitaze says that things aren't impacted, but I think things are kind of impacted. Like, come on. So, I mean, yeah, what are your hopes in that regard? When do you think that we will see the next part or even hear hear anything about it? I mean, I'd be happy to hold off until 2022, if I'm honest, just because of everything going on um, before we hear anything. If we hear something this year, that would be great. But I just hope it's not something like a, like, this is what we think we're doing. And we're going to take it to cyber, uh, whatever it is, cyber connect again. <laughs> we're rejoining with cyber connect because we don't have the resources, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, I just don't want, I don't want a sort of upsetting announcement about it. Like, just wait until everything is clear and okay before you just say anything. Yeah. And I think that's a really valid point, actually, because I think Square Enix in the last couple of years or even longer, have just had so many troubles regarding <laughs> like properties just treading on each other's toes. Mm. And they really need, especially now that 16 is a thing, like the, each of them needs to have their own space to breathe. Yeah. I think it will be really confusing if both titles are like having huge promotional campaigns at the same time, mm. especially because like Square Enix as a company also have other games that they're producing. Like the Avengers is still going to be being pushed throughout, throughout all of 2021 um like and there's going to be other things like bravely default 2 is coming out in february there's there's the near um kind of remake remaster coming out in april there's going to be lots of smaller titles happening Mm -hmm. and i feel as though for their kind of champion big budget triple a titles final fantasy 16 if it's going to come out next year it just needs to be that yeah and if they can just keep quiet about the seven remake part (laughs) two until the next year that would be great yeah, just just push it to the side a bit. Just yeah, be having, like, having them both at the same time will just get so confusing. Yeah, yeah. And it'd be so competitive as well. What are you more excited for? Are you excited for Final Fantasy I mean, it's already kind of happening I mean, if now, they're going to be yeah. similar experiences, then yeah. fine. But I feel as though that's not going to be the case. No, no. Like, they just, they need their spaces. I think there's probably more of a chance. I'm, I'm hoping there's more of a chance of us getting more Final Fantasy 16 information than... Final Fantasy VII yeah, Remake. Yeah, I feel as though that's going to be the case, yeah. And I think, yeah, for me, if if the Seven Remake came out in 2022, that would be great. If it's 2023, that would be okay. Um, mm-hmm. And it would obviously tell us more about the approach they're going to take in terms of whether it's going to be quicker releases or longer releases and on longer parts and shorter parts or whatever it is that they decide to do. Yeah. We'll definitely learn more uh, in terms of when it's actually going to release. Yeah. But I'm really excited. I think... When I when I initially played the game and finished it, I, I didn't really know quite what to make about the ending. But then once I digested it a little bit and, and looked at obviously like the different parts and elements that you can see throughout the story and what they were trying to pull together. And obviously there's been so many theories afterwards that have come out. I'm just really excited about what they're going to do. Mm. I don't necessarily know if it's like a good thing or a bad thing. It's too early to tell whether or not the decision they've taken is going to work out for them. 
until we see part two and the direction they're actually going to take, it's really hard to form any kind of opinion. Yeah. Because like I can say, oh, I didn't like it because it wasn't this. But then in the same vein, I can say, well, I did like it because it wasn't that. And so like until until we see the actual direction they're going to take, it's really hard to form any kind of real opinion about whether or not that ending and the direction they took with the seven remake part one was a good decision mm. because if they can really nail part two and it makes it really co- coherent as a lot of continuity and and how they put in the compilation works then great fantastic i'm I'm going to be all for that if it turns out it's going to be a complete mess and a disaster and they've just used the property in the worst possible way then of course i'm not going to be overly pleased about that yeah but yeah no i agree i think it, it's just way it's way too early to make any assumptions and like yeah i'm i'm excited um it's just gonna be it's just gonna be strange because it feels like ages ago it feels like final fantasy 7 remake has already finished and we're just kind of like done with it but it is still going you know what i mean like normally when you have remakes it's like it's one and done it's a remake it's done like not another part to come so i'm like my brain is needing to be convinced that there's still another part coming i don't know why but i'm just like it, it's just strange to just think that we're gonna hear brianna white again you know we're gonna hear all these guys again and we're gonna revisit it in like a year or two's time yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be surreal especially because like based on what happened we literally have no idea what to expect no i mean you have katazi in one point of uh in one interview saying oh yeah no the next part's gonna be incredibly like close to that segment of the original game mm-hmm. and then another side he's saying well yeah well, we're gonna just kind of explore things and expand things. it's gonna be different it's like what they've done in the day it's like we just made like a load of a load of decisions today so uh let's let's go this way today because we've just changed the entire thing today yeah and we know from the interviews of the ultimania that that kataze was the one pushing for them to like make wholesale changes <laughs> like mess the whole thing up and it's like shush kataze shush <laughs> but i can understand because he's like well i already made this game i know but that's that's the biggest problem that square enix like seems to just they they just seem to have this issue where they ha- have to make things like better but like there's a level of better that they think people want it's like we're learning it about when we do our when we do our streams so we're streaming a lot of the psp versions of and the re-release versions of, of the older games so many times we get comments saying this version is gorgeous which version is this like for final fantasy 4 um especially we were we're playing the psp version which is impeccable it is gorgeous it's still in the 16 bit but it's just upgraded like just such a nice amount that's all they needed to do with Final Fantasy IV. They didn't need to have this big shebang like 3D version or anything. They just need to really re-release the complete edition and everybody would have been like completely happy with that. But like Square Enix just, they just can't help themselves. They're like, how can we make this better? Well, we have to make it this much better. We have to make it 
completely different so that it's a completely new experience that they're really excited. Yeah, let's do it. It's like they all chugged a whole case of Red Bull to say, let's change everything. It's but just then, like, what? But then they even get just confused because it was like, let's do the 3D remake. And then, yeah. okay, for the PSP, let's just not use that one. Yeah. Let's just go back and make a new 2D version. That's what people want. <laughs> and then, oh, it. wait, we're going to release it on mo- phones now. Well, which one do we do? Do we do the upgraded 2D version, which we did uh. for the uh, the iPhone releases of Final Fantasy 1 and 2? Or do we do the 3D version? Let's do the 3D version. Let's do that one. Yeah, that one. I feel like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jingle All The Way. Just put that remake down now. You know, like it's just, oh. But yeah, no, that's my, that, I've gone on a lot of soapboxes yeah. today. But that does bring us nicely onto Crystal Chronicles because mm. obviously that did release uh, as a, a remastered. That existed yeah, this year. did release as a remastered <laughs> edition. And I think before that, there were a lot of people in the same boat as me who were really excited to play mm. it again just because of the experience they had as a kid. Yeah, But the closer nostalgia. it got to launch, the more worrying what we were hearing was becoming. And I don't know, it's hard because I think maybe I was in kind of some kind of denial about it. Mm. I just really wanted to hope that they weren't going to screw it up. <laughs> and, and like You were wrong. Yeah, the more that came out, it was like, yeah, there's going to be no couch co-op. And I was like, well, okay, so they, 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 they kind of avoided that one because they were like, well, technically, yes, there was no couch co-op. But technically, you can still do it if you all have devices yeah. and you're all in the same room. Fine. Okay, it's a, it's a workaround. I can work with that. But then, like, literally, I think in the week building up to the release, there were all these stories coming out about the multiplayer experience and how you weren't allowed to play with people in different regions to you. Um, how, like, if you um, if you were playing multiplayer, then it would only be the host story that was progressed. No one else would progress. Like, a lot of the mechanics that were in the base game just became redundant or, like, just wouldn't work anymore because of the way they were doing it. Mm. And, like... It was so weird how it was all coming out as well. Like the the stuff about the the region stuff was someone found like they they read the fine print essentially mm. in the terms of service agreement or something, and it said about it. And but it was really ambiguous as to the wording, and Square wouldn't make any statements on it because they just, I guess they were hoping that if people didn't know the truth, that they would still buy it, and yeah. if they did know the truth, then they would be put off. Um, I mean, really, it's it's like low key deception, isn't it? Yeah. Say nothing. Uh, let people talk amongst themselves. Because, yeah. yeah, there were people like me who was was hoping that it wasn't the way it was being discussed. And yeah. I was trying to... We make, were, like, actively trying to, like, calm people down as well. Yeah, which temper is such expectations a shame. and stuff. And obviously it kind of... We ended up with a bit of egg on our face because, you know, I, I said that the wording about the multiplayer stuff was really ambiguous and it could have been about certain aspects of the game. And in some ways it made sense for them to do that. Mm. Um, but then when it actually launched, it turned out that it was as extreme as it probably could have been. Yeah. In that, yes. Unless you were in the same geographic location, you could not play with anyone. Yeah. And like a lot of people have friends that aren't in the same geographic location. Especially now. So, yeah, it was just. It was like the perfect game to like release right now as well, which is such a shame. Like you think about the success of like Animal Crossing and stuff, you know, having online games to be able to play with people during lockdown was perfect. Like it would have been fantastic. But yeah, they just it's almost like they had problems with the game that they just didn't know how to I guess resolve or or fix. I just I don't know. They really dropped the ball on it, though. Yeah, and I guess from from my perspective, it was just that 
they must have known that these problems were going to be encountered when they started working out and trying to figure things out. And they probably should have looked to themselves and just said, look, you know what? This is just not going to work. Yeah. Because one of the fundamental things of the game is that you play with your friends and you go through the game together. And what they launched with was an experience where, okay, I wanted to play with Lauren. Okay, we both do a dungeon together. And then we have to do the dungeon again because that's the only way that Lauren can progress with her story because she's not seeing the same story as me. And like, you know, I had to, you each have to make eight villages in your village so you can make the most of all the resources and stuff, but like, you're never going to use any of them. Whereas in the original game, the villagers were all the people you were playing with. Like, they just messed up large portions of the game. They're really lucky that this wasn't that big of a title to do this on, though. Like, it's it's getting to be a habit of developers doing this, really. Like, well, it's just there's square been with so their much. remasters. They just can't, they can't get them right. No, but I, I don't understand how i don't understand why they keep i mean you know why is that i i don't know like it's just it's just like they want to do it cheaply they want it's like when you when you get like a cowboy builder who just comes out and like i can do boilers i won't give you a certification for anything it's just like it's so it's so frustrating that a company that's so successful doesn't seem to to be able to identify where they need to spend their money yeah because you'd think that with crystal chronicles it's using online infrastructure they have experience with cross play like all these different things but like they just couldn't get it to work and i guess the other thing that's still so sad about it is that the game was delayed for almost a year so that they could try and fix these issues which they obviously identified earlier on and that is why it couldn't launch when it was supposed to but they still couldn't figure it out because essentially they just took, okay, we've got to make this game work on mobile devices. Why? Mm-hmm. Why does it need to work on mobile devices? It would have probably sold just as well on um, if it was PS4 or Switch exclusive. And that would have made it so much better, especially because they had Crystal Chronicles Lite, which then meant that most people didn't even end up probably buying the game. Yeah. And they- then like, I wonder if they even solved the issue in Australia and New Zealand where the game just isn't able to play you're not able to play it. I don't it. know if they have or not. Like, there have been crazy. patches coming out where they've been trying to resolve some things, but it's generally been quite minor, such as they've just had a patch that fixes the fact that once you finish a dungeon, you can't stay with the party. You had to then reconnect to do another dungeon with yeah. the party member. So they've now fixed that. So you, at least you get a consistent party, mm. but you still have to do both dungeons again like mm. to, to make sure the story progresses. As far as I'm aware, I, they may have yeah. slightly fixed that, but... It just, yeah, like they, it was not a good, great experience. And then I guess the sad thing is that it now means that Crystal Chronicles, again, is probably going to be resigned to like the, the backfiling cabinet somewhere yeah. as a franchise that just has no chance of succeeding because I just, it probably didn't sell very well. I mean, like, I know, but I hope that they don't use this as a justification for why they shouldn't do it in the future. Like, please like let me see that they've they've learned from this like they've learned from the mobile games they've learned from this like don't just see it as oh well we still made money so we're just gonna keep on doing things did make any money well at least they made money off of the like mobile versions that people hated oh you mean crystal chronicles in general just well i just no i just mean like remasters in general like remakes in general like just you've had a lot of they've had a lot of chances to get it right and they haven't like they need to 
change what they're doing. They need to hire somebody, some company that can do the work that they need done. And if that means that they have to go outside of Japan in order to help it, like, I don't know. I don't know if they did go outside of Japan. Maybe I'll I mean, I'd be, I would be、yeah. really curious to see how many copies it sold. In Japan, apparently, it sold、um, about 80,000 copies.、Mm. So, worldwide, you know, it could have been. Selling about 200,000 or like between the 100 to 200,000 mark,、mm. which means it probably made them a good, like, you know, three to five million dollars、yeah. in return. And it shouldn't have cost them that much to make.、Mm-hmm. So it probably still did still make them some money. Yeah. But, but just reputation wise, like, it just, the game got trashed. But they don't, they don't care. They don't, they don't seem. Well, what's the sad thing is that, you know, I was really excited in the build up. Because、um, I think the guy's name was Arakai.、Mm. He, he, kind of, he, he didn't work on the original game, but he, he loved the original game and、mm-hmm. the, he loved the original game so much that that was his reason to join Square. Yeah. Because he wanted to, wanted try- to do it. And so, like, this was his chance to recreate like, Crystal Chronicles based on how much he loved it、mm. as a player. To make it into something, and he got to work with、um, the two、um, guys that made it in the original sense to, to, as kind of advisors. But then, like, to I guess it just shows you that just because he really liked the game, and also, yeah, that was the other thing, he was from like the MMO team, so he、mm. should know all about online infrastructure and、yeah. stuff. It just like it should have been really easy for them to make a remastered game that worked well and brought out the best qualities in the game, and they just Couldn't do it. Yeah. I don't know if they're still going to dedicate too many resources to fixing it just because、yeah. of what it is. And they basically like, threw it under the carpet, under the rug. Yeah. But I just I think that Square Enix really needs to be careful because they're so certain that we are going to buy the games. And like, to a degree, yeah, we do really support Square Enix, but like, that's not going to last forever. They need, to, they need to sort this out. Sorry, Square. Sorry. Sorry about it. But、um, yeah. But, yeah, so then- but either way, I still didn't mind Crystal Chronicles. Like, I didn't think it was that bad of an experience, especially because we got to play it on the stream.、Um, but I guess that's the thing, right? So,、yeah. if you weren't playing with me and we weren't playing on the stream and we didn't have like the commitment to try and finish it, you probably would have given up with it. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Just because it was so frustrating.、Mm, it, was, it just got to be a bit monotonous. Like if, if we were having to play it just to. Which、yeah. is so funny because it、yeah. just said it was really good. But, like, but no, yeah, it's, no, it's, it's, it's a、true. funny experience. Like we, but we, we obviously tried our best to look past all of the negatives、mm. around it and we tried our best to enjoy it. But a lot of people won't give it that time of day. No. Because it, what's the point? Like, you know, why, why fight against something so much just to try and enjoy it? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really true. But yeah, so obviously, then that wasn't great. But not too long after Final Fantasy XVI was announced,、mm. there were rumors about, around for, for such a long time,、yeah. uh, in like the, well, for, for ages, that Yoshida had been working on XVI. We spoke about it earlier in the year, about his, the interview where he denied that he was directing the game. But as we very astutely mentioned at the time, he did not deny working on it. He just denied being the director on it. And、mm-hmm. lo and behold, he's not the director on it. He's the producer. <laughs> um, so, yeah, obviously, like, yeah, it was supposed to be the rumor is that it was supposed to be announced during the original PlayStation 5 reveal, but it actually got postponed.、Um, and the rumor it got postponed 
is that because it didn't look good enough mm. and when uh sony were originally showing things off they wanted to highlight games that were going to make it everyone really stunned at the graphical competency of the console and that's why they were happy with project athia being in there because everyone talked about how amazing project athia looked and that was one of the standout uh, games shown during the showcase playstation even had it as like their main banner on their youtube channel and there Mm. were so many people talking about how amazing the graphics looked which is really ironic because there's still people out there that don't believe that Final Fantasy 15 looks very good. Mm. And it's like, no, Final Fantasy 15 was one of the graphical showcases of that time to the point where NVIDIA worked as partners with them yeah. to make sure that the PC version of the game, the Windows edition, was was one of the highest technical like showcases of gaming at that time. Mm-hmm. Like Final Fantasy fifteen is was a technical showcase for Nvidia. That's how good it was. And Project Athia is using the same engine. Baffles me why the rest of Square don't want to use the engine as well, considering how how great it looks. But I guess it does make a game of a certain style. Like you look at Project Athia, you immediately know it's a luminous engine mm. game. It yeah. looks very similar to fifteen yeah. in terms of like the the way the maps generated and like she even used yeah. like the ring power like it's been yeah. essentially the same thing but anyway digression yes um so yeah 16 was then obviously shown off and yeah i can understand if that rumor is true because we were looking at it and just thinking like this doesn't really look like a ps5 game mm-hmm. in certain like some of the some of the stuff they showed off in the trailer looked good mm-hmm. but some of it just looked like 14 which yeah. is running on the playstation 4 and it's a really risky approach because Yoshida basically said, I don't want to make a trailer that shows off a massive FMV that gets people excited and is nothing like the end product. And I understand that. But at the, at the, at the end of the day, that's just how the business is run these days. You've seen it, like how much criticism did like Assassin's Creed Valhalla get for having like a snappy FMV trailer. And then the gameplay reveal trailer had like two seconds of actual in-game footage in it. They got they got red to filth for that, but mm-hmm. the game still sold really really well. Yeah, Ubisoft do it all the time. Other companies do it all the time, and they because it builds up the hype. First impressions are really important. They are, and there are so many people. I mean, we were making comments on like it, outside of our kind of sphere um, on YouTube around the uh, Final Fantasy sixteen original tra- uh, uh, release trailer, Awakening, and we were saying how great it looked and we were getting a lot of negativity around that opinion. Like Mm. the general gaming sphere was basically saying it looked like trash. Like it looked like a, like really bad asset usage. It didn't look like it should have been a PS five game because it just looks so underwhelming. Yeah. And that that's going to stick with them. There's a lot of ground that they have to make up next year. And I really hope they can. Yeah, I do too. Cause I'm really, I really think that it looks like there's a good foundation there for a really good, really, like, fantastic story. Um, and I, everybody says about how good Shadowbringers is. So, yeah, but it is the thing, isn't it? It's like, there's all these decisions that are being made that are just kind of, they're, they're just kind of hurting Square Enix's brand quite significantly yeah because they've obviously gained the reputation now for being graphical powerhouses that's what they wanted their games to be but they've also got the uh, like every game like we said this the the other week like pretty much every game since they've become square enix has been in some kind of development hell yeah and they obviously want to avoid that this time and that was the other reason like yushida wanted to show 
that it's on it's on track that mm. it's actually really far along um mm. he said in his interviews that they're like fine-tuning boss fights now they've pretty much got most of the structure done and everything so there is a good chance it will come out sooner rather than later yeah and i think you know with me saying they've got a lot of ground to make up i'm saying that not as a final fantasy fan but as more of a general gamer yeah i think from what i've seen so far if you're interested in the final fantasy brand you have literally nothing to be worried about so far. The, yeah. it, it, they are pulling different things in from all of the franchise. You've got a really good team yeah. helming it. Yeah. And I think it's going to be a great, because for us, like, I don't know, for me, I don't particularly care too much about the graphics. Mm-hmm. It's a story that mm-hmm. matters to me. If they can, if they can tell a really good story, they've got a really good cast of characters and they've got a, like really good music to go along with it. The presentation, I'm not too worried about. Yeah. As long as it's functional and like the gameplay is okay, the rest of it doesn't really matter to me that much. I just want to be sucked into the story, and I and I really hope that that that's the thing that they can nail. Because if they get that right, then they can have a really solid Final Fantasy game on mm. their hands. I mean, I bet you there are so many people who would probably overlook everything of <laughs> Cyberpunk. 277 if it just actually played right <laughs> like it would have just been fine with a m- sort of mediocre looking game that didn't crash a hundred percent of the time and everything you know like but yeah it, it is the thing like trying to get new people in like we're we we can tolerate a lot as as final fantasy fans but general populace just can't yeah, because they can only buy a certain amount of number. Of, they can only buy a certain number of games a year, mm. especially as the price of games is going up now. Yeah, and so there's a lot of decisions that they need to make around those kind of things. Yeah, like you know, especially when it when it comes out, there's probably going to be another couple of AAA games coming out in that quarter, mm-hmm. and so they're going to have to make decisions. Yeah. You know, it's also going to be um, if it's coming out next year or the year after, it it will decide as to whether people want to buy a, buy the PlayStation Five or not because yeah. it's going to be an exclusive on the system. So it should technically be a system seller. Mm-hmm. But if people aren't excited about it outside of our sphere, are they going to want to? Mm-hmm. Are they going to want to expand? And then it comes down to obviously like review scores, like what people hear about it, word of mouth. And and that may be um, good, but it's not going to make the game a 10 million seller mm-hmm. necessarily. I guess The Witcher yeah. obviously did They really that, but... need to take a leaf out of Tabata's book and start being better about communication with the West with the west mm. yeah so that's kind of my I, I really hope that next year they're able to like turn it around start showing off some crazy stuff about the mm. game and and really get people excited about it and we'll learn whether or not the guy's name is clive or cleave um <laughs> finally <laughs> i really hope it's clive <laughs> um and yeah like i i'm i'm really excited about next year just because what they've shown so far shows a really deep appreci- appreciation of like matsuno's work um they're obviously like ingraining the icons or the summons into it in a big way it looks like there's a whole world that's going to have loads of towns there's going to be loads of different places to explore lots of like wider wider wars which obviously makes for plenty of antagonists to appear and we haven't really had uh i mean like arden obviously was that but and but like we haven't really had that kind of oppressive thing in the same way that we've had we've had for some time i guess like six was a really good one in that regard but nine had lots of kind of conflicts between the different regions and i really liked going to like alexandria and limblum and like 
looking at the outer continent with like Medeal and sorry not Medeal, Medane sorry and like Oilvert and like Trino, like just going to all these different places and seeing all the different cultures and how they've been built out and stuff and yeah, what about you? Like is there anything you're specifically hoping or excited about for next year? Um not necessarily. Like I just, you know, it's it's hard it's hard at the moment to be excited for anything because it's like when we when we had our first kid it's like what are we excited for i don't know we're excited because we know the potential i guess we know the potential but we also don't know because they also have not done things very good in some cases so it's like i don't i don't know i don't know what's coming i hope it's something good i hope that 2021 will be a good thing for square enix but <sighs> you know they just they they got they guts to they guts to work guts to work and with that i think that's uh, a good time for us to to wrap things up yes it's been a really crazy year um thanks again for all of you who have joined us throughout hopefully you'll have great festive seasons uh, and celebrate whatever it is you're going to celebrate over the time um hopefully you're in a position where you can celebrate with family members but if not then feel free to join our Discord. There's loads of people around that love the and franchise. And we're going to be streaming on Christmas Eve we as are. well. And, and Boxing Day. And Boxing Day. So definitely come and join us. We'll and- be in or around. Um, so yeah, if you want to just spend some time with people that you that, that are into the same things as you and you just want to have a good time, then yeah, like definitely hang out with members of the community where you can. Mm. But yeah, until then, um, obviously check out all our old podcast episodes on the website, finalpantini.com. But yeah, hopefully you guys all have a wonderful time and we'll see you in the new year the the next episode will probably be on the 12th of january but it may be the week earlier depending on how things go Hmm. all right well with that it's time for us to say goodbye bye everyone and i'm daryl saying goodbye this has been a final fantasy production bye guys